curiosity killed the... Cat. And the scholar didn't mind. No, curiosity killed the scholar. No, scholars don't do that. They're not curious. That's what I'm saying. If the scholar got curious, he wouldn't be a scholar anymore. Cats are curious and cats get killed. (laughs) Anyway, this is our podcast. We'll see what the verdict is. Welcome to A Word From Our Outpost with Joseph and Crystal Gruber, a podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach us to pray, get our conversation, and light the hearts of those listening. We ask all these things through the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about curiosity And studiousness, yeah. Yes. Oh, verses, yeah. (laughs) Not just just them as concepts, but them in opposition. Dun, dun, dun. So what is the difference between studiousness and curiosity? So there was this really great book that I read years ago called The Intellectual Appetite. It's by Paul Griffiths. Um, and he begins by talking about the difference between studiousness and curiosity. And he's got a quote from Augustine, and I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> Full disclosure, I, sometimes our quotes are from memory, and they're not to be trusted. Um, but, but it was essentially that the studious uh, loves what is known, and the curious hate what is unknown. Hmm. Does that make some sense? Yeah. So the studious love what is known. So they're seeking to understand information that that exists. They they want to to delve deeper into um, knowing more about things that can be known about, mm-hmm. and things that they've already uh, learned something about. Okay. Right. Like they've. They see the, the, the goodness of the thing, and they want to go deeper into that out of love for the thing. So the image that just came to my mind is an iceberg. So they see the tip of the iceberg, and now... And they plunge into the depths. And they think it's They're like, so great. I'm in. They're willing to go into the cold, cold water. I don't know anyone who does that. <laughs> Somebody's got to do that. I guess so. Maybe. We got pictures know. of icebergs, so... Like motivational pictures of icebergs maybe like the i think we have one in our library that's where i've been seeing it recently Mm -hmm. yeah anyways okay so this the studios loving what is known wanting to know more about it willing really to to make sacrifices to 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 do that grasp more and they really do love what they have received already and maybe that's another difference is that the studious see what they already know as a gift Mm -hmm. um And that reality as a whole is a gift. Like, they didn't create it. Um, They're not the discoverers of anything. Um, They're they're not worried about, like, will their name appear first next to this discovery or this invention. Um, They realize that everything is known by God. And so the studious person loves that which has been created by God. Uh, Not just for the thing's sake, but ultimately because uh, the studious realizes... um, that the created order reveals something of of the creator. Yeah. Versus the curious. The curious. Who 
They're curious. They hate what they don't know. So, they, or at least the not knowing, right? So it kind of makes me think of like, oh, I don't want to be caught flat-footed. Like, there's this sort of protective self-preservation. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to think I don't know something, and so I'm just going to get stuff in my head so that people don't think I'm dumb. Oh, I mean that that definitely could play into it. I didn't think about that before, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's this like oddly self-protective. Uh, rather than self-emptying and self-exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, there's, there isn't vulnerability in the curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. And and there is, it seems like with the curious, there's sort of a ram- randomness. So, like, with the iceberg example, there's something intentional. I learned about this part. I want to delve deeper, and I want to learn what more there is to it. Whereas with the curious, it seems more like, ah, I'll learn about this. I'll learn about that. There's sort of this like grasping for whatever is kind of in front of them and not the intention and the purpose that's present in the studious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that I liken the curious to is uh, a more popular acronym now is FOMO, Mm -hmm. fear of missing out, FOMO. And because of FOMO, People stay up late, they stay on their phones, they keep on updating their social media um, and refreshing and refreshing so they can see the news feed, so they can see the Instagram feed, the Twitter feed, um, because they, it's not because they particularly have a love for each post, but they're afraid of missing out on something. They don't know what that something is, um, but fear is motivating them, right? It's not love, mm-hmm. it's it's fear. Um, and, and the, the curious also could be motivated, like I said at the beginning by hate, like they hate not knowing, Mm -hmm. um, and they want to be the ones who know. So it sounds like in being discerning about, am I being studious or am I being curious? There's a couple litmus tests. One being what is motivating me? So love motivates the studious, whereas fear or hate motivate the curious. It also seems how we consume and what we consume Mm -hmm. is also an interesting litmus test in terms of studiousness versus curiosity. Before we jump into the media consumption, can I talk about another image that might be helpful to clarify? Please. Um, So G.K. Chesterton, wonderful guy that he is, has a quote for this because he has quotes for most everything. And this quote we do have in front of us. Uh, So I'll I'll read it. It, It's the difference between the merely belligerent and those who are true soldiers, true defenders. So belligerent, those who who wage war for the sake of war. So Chesterton says, the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but rather because he loves what is behind him. Right? Right? The, the soldier, the one who's out there at the edge of um, the battle line, in this case, is there because he loves what he has. Um, so to the studious, they might be on the cutting edge of uh, research, but it's because of what they love from what's behind them, not because they hate what's in front of them. I really like this. Because the name of this podcast is the word from our outpost. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about in the 
very first podcast that has some sort of militaristic thought behind the name and thinking about, you know, if we are in the church militant, we're soldiers for the kingdom of heaven. When we are approaching different situations and different people with an evangelical mind, remembering to approach those people out of love of the person, out of love of Christ, and not out of any sort of hatred towards the ideas or persons that we're sort of bumping up against. Or the fear with Mm -hmm. a different person's. Like, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be, I'm afraid that I'll miss out if I don't do this, or I'm afraid of what they might say or do. But to say, you know, I see that God has created this person and put them in proximity to me. And so I love them because I know they are a gift. And that love of them might compel me toward them, but it's love and it's not any fear or any like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't actually talk to the person next to me. You know, this self-protective identity preserving stance of the merely curious. That's interesting because every time we've talked thus far about curiosity and studiousness since this is in our first conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Newsflash, we've been talking about this idea for at least... At least a few minutes before we pressed record. We also gave a talk about it um, somewhat recently. However, when we gave the talk, I was thinking specifically in response to um, how I consume information. And am I consuming information out of an attitude of curiosity versus out of an attitude of studiousness. But this is making me realize that I can also approach other human beings with an attitude of curiosity versus an attitude of studiousness. And that when we talk about this Chesterton quote, the true soldier fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but rather because he loves what's behind him. That also applies to individual relationships that we may have had either for a short time or a very long time. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Well, what made me think about that was when you were talking about the um, fear versus love. And, And one of the things I've been thinking about recently is in the interactions that I have with different people, if I... There have been instances where I've wondered, am I holding back? Am I being too upfront? And realizing that, am, am I acting out of love or am I acting out of fear is a helpful question for discernment. Um, so your comment about fear versus love for information connected back to me thinking about how I interact with different people in my life. So realizing... If I'm, if I'm asking that question, am I holding back or not? Is there fear going on or love going on? That then I can turn that around of, okay, this is not out of fear that I may be not giving information. How can I be more studious of this person? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the, the piece, it's not about you, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not about, um, how to put it it changes the question about like how can i love them 
and go deeper into experiencing who they are. And it's a question that forgets about you mm-hmm. as, as the most important topic. You know, you're there to, to receive them as gift. Yes. Um, and so that has to knock down the fears that might block you from receiving that, that person as a gift. Um, that checks out. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Neat. So. So back to the media consumption. Because <laughs> I feel like I struggle with this, right? It's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, they, they, we, we live in an age that has designed media, uh, for the curious. Yes. And, and we're stuck consuming, you know, most of the, the technological products that we might have at our disposal. They've been engineered to feed our curiosity. And, and just to be really clear, my understanding, I don't have sources in front of me, but, but my, again, we did not (laughs) gather our sources for this one. For this particular point, I did not do that research. Um, but from what I've heard and the bit of reading I've done, I mean, like when we say engineered to get our curiosity going, they've hired brain scientists who understand addiction and consumption to help them build products that make us want to consume whatever's in front of us. I mean, it gets it like the the brain science behind it is pretty clear mm-hmm. what the intention and the purpose of how these things are built mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the fact that all 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 of the uh social media kinds of accounts you scroll through them which means that you always see the edge of the next post and you'll say i wonder what that post is i wonder what that video is i wonder what that picture is mm-hmm. um i wonder if that might be a funny meme i wonder if that might be a hilarious clip from the office and so we scroll and we click and time has gone by and attention has gone by like i did not do this out of love for a thing that i knew mm-hmm. i did this because i hated not knowing so i scrolled a little bit more i clicked in a little bit more and the curiosity leads us to places that we never intended um but there we are so another litmus test for curiosity versus studiousness can be, am I just randomly consuming whatever information is available to me? Or am I learning with intention? Am, mm-hmm. I, am I seeking out particular information on a particular topic with a particular purpose? Yeah. Do I, do I have a reason to be on this website? What is that reason? How do I know if I've accomplished it? Um, and, and did I have that reason before I got there? Mm. Uh, and can I say afterward, wow, you know, I'm so glad. You know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to see anybody who has spent their day on Netflix or their day on YouTube or their day just scrolling through different feeds saying, I feel like... I'm a better human being. I feel like I've really gone deep on this one. I really feel like I've mastered something other than futility, right? Yeah. So practically speaking, what are ways that we can um, sort of u- usurp the, <laughs> the, the system, right? Like h- how do we approach the internet <laughs> without 
Or, or do we even bother to approach the internet? Do we need to just be going to a public library? Or are there ways to enter into technology and the materials that we have at our fingertips with studiousness? One of the things that's coming to my mind is you have been known in a talk to... <laughs> what have I done? Call the face Facebook the unholy oh, of unholies. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah. Um, do you want me to unpack that or did you want to do it? Either way is fine with me. You're smiling. You do it. Okay, so... Um, you've mentioned how, you know, there's the Holy of Holies in the, the Jewish temple. And when the high priest would go in once a year to the Holy of Holies, he would have a rope tied around him and a bell on him. So if he died encountering the Lord God Almighty, they would hear him when the bell hit the floor and they'd be able to pull him out with the rope. And how Facebook tends to be sort of the unholy of unholies, where we can just kind of get lost in there forever and we need to get pulled out. So knowing I might actually have a real reason to go on Facebook. So is there a way that I can keep my intention and my focus before I start? And do I have something to pull me out if I get lost? Or somebody. Or somebody. Yeah. Um, and I know I've tried s- s- writing myself a note. I'm going into Facebook to do this. And then I try to set an alarm and I say, oh, it should only take me seven minutes. <laughs> and I'll set that alarm. Usually I reset that alarm, but usually that I'm only on for like 15 minutes instead of an hour. Um, but I think, yeah, ideally, if there's another person around, <laughs> that, can, <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful. Keep us accountable. Yeah. Even if it is just sending a text to somebody saying, text me back in five minutes mm-hmm. or something. I don't, I don't know. Then there's at least the human element still maintained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's tough. I mean, we're, we're dealing with, uh, with whole, uh, fields that have been designed, um, to catch us. Like they're, they're, they're like webs. Yes. Um, and to see, you know, it, it's on the one hand, it seems like a really harmless thing to indulge in curiosity. Um, but but I I think, gosh, and I I feel like such a hypocrite because I know that I do this too much. But what we miss out on when we do indulge in curiosity versus being studious is the opportunity to really go deep, to really know, to really experience, and and we we lose sight of who we're actually following. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest thing because this podcast is for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary minded in their normal everyday lives. And Catholic disciples follow Jesus. Disciples follow their master. And this is the cool thing about disciples following masters. Masters have a body of work and the disciples say, I want to learn what they taught. I want to learn everything I can about what they taught and how it applies and where it applies I'm going deep, not just about the content, but the person behind the content, the person and the content. Mm -hmm. And when we indulge in curiosity, there there is no master of curiosity, except maybe, you know, the evil one, right? There there is no master of curiosity. There, There are particular masters that we can follow, like, you know, currently on Netflix, there's the KonMari TV show. People can be disciples of Marie Kondo and her 
life-changing magic of tidying up that's (laughs) (laughs) and you can do that right but you can't really be a disciple of Marie Kondo if you know every few minutes you're doing something else right Uh, you can't really be a disciple of Plato if you're just interspersing a bunch of other different teachings um or if we're just abandoning studiousness for curiosity. That's not to say that everything needs to be really uptight. That's not what studiousness is. I mean, there's something about being studious, about being disciplined mm-hmm. and organized a little bit and, and intentional. But that doesn't mean stodgy or stuffy or lifeless. And the other thing that's coming into my mind is one of the beautiful things about being a follower of Jesus, we see in the saints that can, I mean, he's God incarnate. So that can look, I mean, it looks 8 billion different ways today, right? Like we potentially potentially could, right? That like each one of us was made for a unique purpose and each one of us was made to follow Jesus in a particular way. And so, well, my studiousness might involve a lot more about like, natural family planning and how the human body works because that's something I'm interested in than a lot of other people's and your studiousness might be digging in more to salvation history and scripture and wrestling with all the different senses that are in each scripture passage. Like that's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus is that he's an incredible teacher. He is an incredible teacher and, and to be his disciple can look different for each disciple. Uh, but if I'm not actually studying the things that bring me to life and the things that God made me uniquely to to be able to grapple with well, then I'm not tapping into to the fullness of my life. And you're never really at rest. Like, this is one of the beautiful things in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 28. Mm -hmm. I do have this one in front of me. Uh, Jesus says, chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? We... He, he invites us into his rest, into the rest of being in reality. You know, there's something about the curious that they're not really living in reality. They're, they're at the farthest edge of reality trying to, you know, enter into the darkness because they don't like darkness. And Jesus is saying, I want you solidly in the truth. I want you in reality such that you can rest in it. Mm. Um, not just think really hard about it. There, there is that in being human, but there's also being at rest with it and with him. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thinking really hard about it, he, he doesn't ask us to think really hard about things that we think are boring. He asks us to think really hard about things that bring our hearts to life and get us excited in a really, in a way that connects our intellect, our will, and our passions in a well-ordered and beautiful way. And if it's not doing that right now, it's for that sake, Mm -hmm. right? He has in mind 
a vision of us fully integrated, fully human, fully alive, and we're not there yet, which means there is going to be some shifting going around, going on, and that does mean where he meets us, which is where we're at, is to have us pass through things that are difficult or boring or, or I don't know, seemingly irrelevant, but are being presented to us as part of the gift right now. Um, but that's for the sake of a real education, you know, educate to eat, uh, Dutre, to, to lead out from, to lead out from where we are, trapped in sin, trapped in ignorance, um, and to walk into the light of truth, into the light of the reality of what we're called to be. And not only are we called to that, you and I, our listeners are called to that, and not only are we and our listeners called to that, but every person that we ever have met has been called by God to come out into the light and to find rest with Christ in that light. And study is part of that. You know, the, the deep reflection, the deep meditation to, to sit with these realities and not just um, flit from one random piece of trivia to another. Yeah. Well, now I'm excited to study some more. Oh, good. I've also, been waiting for that. Also, I kind of <laughs> feel like the talk we gave last week, people got the short end of the stick. I didn't get quite so excited about talking about studying instead of curiosity. Oh, no. Well, that was part. That was one small part of a much larger talk. That's true. All right. I won't feel bad about it. And they got, it was, it was a good talk overall. You're right. And they can listen to the podcast. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to transmit digitally <laughs> our voices into the ether. Well, do we have any last thoughts before we wrap it up and do that? No, like that Matthew quote I thought was a pretty good one. It was a good one. All right, let's learn from the disciple. Nope. Nope. Learn closely. from the teacher. Learn from the teacher. <laughs> Be the disciple. Be the disciple. And, and realize, like... We might be trapped in cycles of, of curiosity, but to call it for what it is and to find out what we'd rather be doing, to ask the question, what would I rather know more about? Or who would I rather know more about? Whether mm -hmm. it be Jesus or somebody that he's calling me to love. Right. Because he's not just calling us to learn Latin, but he probably is calling us to learn Latin. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there are topics out there... Um, that maybe we've been ignoring because we're like, I don't know if that's really for me or I don't really have the time, but then we waste time and curiosity. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is where it's also helpful to have a bigger vision for where I think the Lord made my life to go and where he has me right now. And to say, okay, I can't study everything that I want to study right now. So Lord, is there a particular thing that you want me to be understanding better now? And will you help me find good resources that will help yeah. me achieve that now? Let him be the teacher. Mm -hmm. Actually sit at his feet. Don't, I mean, we could go into the Mary Martha thing um, to not just be frenetically busy without even checking with Jesus what he wants. Mm -hmm. When all he really wants is for us to sit and listen. And I mean, one of the things that's been beautiful for me with some of the things I've been wanting to learn more about are, you know, homemakery things and thinking about Mary, all the different Marys and being able to be with 
Mary, mother of God, and and asking her, what, what did homemaking look like for you? And having being with her in that. Um, so knowing that that I mean, being a disciple of Jesus first and foremost, for sure, but also looking to are there other lives of people who have gone before us that have been great disciples that we can imitate as well. Or who are the people around us that we can be learning from, Mm -hmm. right? Like knowledge is one of those kinds of things that if I give someone knowledge, I don't lack it. You know, I've just multiplied knowledge in the world. I haven't subtracted it for me and added it over there. Mm -hmm. And there might be people who have been given gifts of knowledge, uh, whether a natural gift or a supernatural gift of knowledge, who are just bursting, ready to share it with you, with a listener, and they're just waiting for someone to ask them questions. Yes. Um, Like the parishioners that want to teach me how to clean bathrooms. They do. They're just bursting with knowledge about how to clean bathrooms better than we do. And they're willing to give that. Maybe that should be my next step. One of the next steps. (laughs) Well. No rush. No rush. Any other closing thoughts? Not at the moment. Don't get don't beat yourself up if if you are curious and you are also a self-professed curious person. Um, we can become studious. I'm convinced of that. God would not let us be here unless he had a path for us to become virtuous. And studiousness is a part of that pursuit of virtue. Yep, and curiosity I am afraid is not. <sighs> With that, would you like to pray us out? Ended with not. That's like one of the most negative words you can end with. <laughs> uh, positively, though, let's let's just pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mother Mary, you who pondered deeply the words of God in your heart, you who took in the whole life of your Son and, and prayed with him and prayed about him and prayed to, to him, Please teach us what it is to be studious, what it is to study uh, the life of Jesus and his teachings. Um, help us to be as uh, as silently present to your, your son, to our Savior, as you are. Um, and help us, too, to be able to sing his praises and the praises of the Father as you do. Uh, Mother Mary, be with us, be with our listeners, be our model and guide. Uh, that we might all know your son better and become more like him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, my women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, From our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify.